0: Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Curtis. I'm well, thank you. All right. Uh, so for our listeners and our viewers, let us know who you are and where you're from. Well, I'm Dr.
1: Matt Harrington. I live here in Aurora in the Riddle Highlands, obviously. Um, and I am the CEO and uh, of Ammo Coding System, which is a technology-based company that uh, invented the technology to serialize ammunition so we can track that back. One found at a crime scene, instead of the technology being used today, which is outdated and archaic. Uh, I'm also the founder of the nonprofit called Lions for Lives, which you know, basically goes around to help with legislation uh,
0: for gun violence issues. Okay, all right. Um, and unfortunately, I, I, I would I would say that work has been booming, unfortunately, <laughs> in the rise, you know violence going on and shootings and everything taking place. Yes,
1: yes, unfortunately. Like, just this year, we'll probably see by, towards the end of the year, well over 800 people have been killed and almost 4,000 people shot. Right now, we're already over 300, I mean, sorry, 3,000 people shot and over 600 people already killed this year. Correct. Right. At an average of basically five people shot a day. Uh, it's, it's really out of control. I mean, to look at a whole thing, that in the last 10 years, we've had over 20,000 people shot and we've had close to 4,000 people killed. In the same time period in the Afghan war, we've only had 2,500 soldiers killed. I mean, clearly we're in a war zone here and we just haven't recognized the problem. Um, Where were you born and raised? I was uh, born in Chicago. I was raised in Oak Park. Um, So (laughs) quite a a vast, background it would say. Yeah. You know, in Oak Park they would say big, lawn, small minds. Yes, <laughs> right? Yep. But uh, my mom was a nurse and so
0: she always you know, uh, talked about how to be of service to the community you know, when you came. That preempts my next question. What impacted your mom gr- growing up? What impact did your mom have in your life?
1: Oh well she was you
0: know a superhero
1: and now from her passing several years back uh, she looks as we all would like to think more saintly right because she had to raise five kids by herself uh, Work uh, double shifts as a nurse uh, at a Westside Hospital as the emergency room nurse supervisor and to, yeah, to do all that uh, And not go crazy is an amazing feat because it's not raising children alone
0: and keeping them on the right track Wow. Um, so what is your educational background?
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, I studied uh, political science uh, and business, uh, University of Illinois, uh, Northeastern Illinois University, uh, Triton College, and then I uh, went online <laughs> to a university which has really no major standing uh, to get a, uh, finish up a bachelor's and, and a master's degree, which then we find out later, over a decade later, that the... the uh, uh, the uh, college goes defunct because they were just stealing money from people, you know. But this is back in the internet in 2003 when things were just starting up, so no one
0: <laughs> right. knew Right, <anything>. first crack at <laughs> it, basically. Yeah, right. you're know, like,
1: okay, let's try this. But, you know, like it's not like I'm doing brain surgery. And I was honored with my doctorate degree from the Chicago Baptist Institute
0: uh, and Dr. Willie Wilson, who has uh, who's been a great mentor to me over the course of years. Wonderful. All right, so ammo, coating, systems. Yes. Tell us how it started. Where did it come from? What's its inception?
1: Well, thank you. Uh, it started in Washington State. That's where the company was formed, uh, Seattle, uh, by a man named Russell Ford and Mark, uh, Mark Stevens. And basically, uh, they, in Seattle, unlike here, there's not a lot of gun violence back at this time, just 2006. And some five-year-old child was shot in the head by a drive-by, right? People up in arms. Uh, Russ tried to figure out, there has to be a way to track this back. So working with Crime Stoppers, they came up with this idea of uh, serialization of ammunition, but then the really key was to have that implemented uh, and stored to the barcoding that's on the box that everybody, you know. When you purchase a box of ammunition? Yeah, yeah. Okay. the, there's a one trillion, uh, possibilities on a standard keyboard for serialization. Right. Right. They make 30 billion bullets each and every year, but you're not going to have 30 different, 30 billion different serial codes. What you want to do is there'll be a batch of a thousand. Right. Right. And this this box of a thousand will have that one serial. Definition for that whole box, and that'll be tied to the barcoding. So when somebody buys it with their credit card, especially now online, because people don't go to gun stores, or you know FedEx is uh, shipping death right to the doors, and so uh, then they take them out the garage and sell them out the back. And this will now track all that back. We'll have the ability to really put accountability
0: and responsibility back on these little weapons of mass destruction. So uh, the way that they will reverse in a uh, in a so. Basically, police responds to the crime scene. Right. We find the shell. Right. That shell is, uh, was part of box of ammunition X, right. which was purchased in the city, the state, this locality, to this gun store. Right, exactly. Uh, what happens, those numbers will have a,
1: a serial number of seven mm-hmm. uh, stream, and they're around the, uh, the casing itself. Right, right, and and they're micro laser engraved, so it's very small, refined numbers, and then they're also on the heel of the bullet itself, right? So they're on two different parts. So there's a hundred percent of the bullet that is now covered by the, by this type tech, type tech, uh, technology, because as you know, revolvers don't ex, you know expel shells, right? Right, uh, but you know automatics do. So this covers both of these and this technology then one found in the crime scene with this little bit as a micro, uh, magnifying glass is this technology was tested by the California Department of Justice and the San Bernardino Sheriff's Department hundreds of rounds of various calibers and they found this to be 100 percent 100 percent reliable with this little bit of a magnifying glass they pulled up the uh, slug that went into a car door and they looked at it through there and it was able to read the numbers all the numbers now, they only need 20% of, of a bullet to, read that, to get those numbers, and within five seconds, at a crime scene now, you'd be able to put those numbers in and be able to find out who bought it, when they bought it, and where they bought it. We right. really have a good starting point and not a guessing point as we do right now, because with technology that we use now, we're stuck back in the last century. They talk about destroyation and rifling marks of how they try to match bullets right now. Mm-hmm. Well, the funny part is with a bullet, right, it comes from a barrel. The barrels are made just like Xerox copies, right? One after another until that bit wears out. So you're, you could have thousands of the same starations through the barrels themselves until that bit wears out. Right. right? So then they change it out then. So all you find f- from that is, okay, it has a right twist with da-da-da-da-da, and it came from a Smith & Wesson. You know a lot about the gun, but nothing about where, who actually bought that.
0: So the technology today is outdated. What are they using? What's 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 being used, and at, and at what levels is well, it being used?
1: Well, they talk about the NIBIN right situation uh, thanks to the ATF FBI situation. Okay. They've had this since 1976, I believe. So you know, over a quarter of a century, uh, they have 46 million images that have been logged of all the you know different bullets from all over. Uh, The country smaller. uh, The police departments send them in for ballistics, seeing if they can match this uh, deal. That takes about forty-eight hours just to do that part. So far, in that period of time, they've only had two hundred twenty-nine thousand matches to two hundred twenty cities that uh, sent in bullets. Wait a minute. This is from nineteen seventy-six. Up to now, right? Two (laughs) forty-six million images. And this is on their own website, they have 229,000 matcha- matches, so their polls are matching, right? Right. Uh, of 229,000 of them, to 220 system investigational leads, but zero arrests and zero convictions from this technology, all at a cost of millions of dollars a year, mm-hmm. which, you know, is nothing more than propaganda. Because we've seen it in the past with Chicago, uh, Robin Emanuel and Lori Lightfoot, they bring in the ATF. and. And uh, FBI with this uh, NIBIN trucks and trailers and and vans. What is NIBIN? Let me talk real quick. We got a
0: lot of acronyms and everything on this show. We (laughs) got to... Well, I'm not going to get this correct. Okay.
1: But it's like, it's the National uh, Ballistic uh, Informational System that the FBI uses. Okay. N-I-B-I-N. Uh, and the acronyms, uh, you know, national something, ballistics, yada, yada, yada. I'll look I that up, nev- yeah. yeah. I can never get it right, and I apologize. I just know it always says NIBIN.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I got you. Because it just doesn't work. <laughs> Sounds like a, well, you NIBIN'd it. Sounds yeah. Kinda like-
1: <laughs> yeah, right, you Yeah, de- it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this technology is outdated, doesn't do anything, but the powers that be love to try... Uh, Trace it
0: out and say, look, we're going to do something. All you're doing is acting stupid faster. Okay. Um, now, when I think, or I think when the general public thinks about uh, the crime situation and gun violence yeah. and everything, um, they would most likely default to the fact that if there were less guns on the street, there would be less shootings and violence. Uh do you subscribe to that belief or is there more to it? What's your opinion? Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. because
1: the thing is that we have a half a billion guns in America alone. And the statistic shows, now, I have no problem with somebody owning a gun legally. I want to make that clear. Uh, but some people should not be having guns, but we have a half a billion guns alone in America. Mm-hmm. For only 322 million people, that's men, women, and child, so allegedly we have almost two guns per every person. I don't own one, <laughs> so somebody has my two. But here's, here's here's the thing, even if you try to uh, take away guns, you can't do it, it's a Second Amendment right. But it's a privilege to buy ammunition, hence why we have a FOID card and we go through process of eliminating the ages of 18 and 21 to buy certain ammunition. Sure and even licensing those uh, uh, guns. Uh, You know, so I think the better thing is to say, we can't control the gun. We don't know where the gun's at. We can know maybe what type of gun is when we find a shell or or a slug at, at a crime scene. But what can we do better now that overnight could be done? We can implement this system within six months. Reverend Jesse Jackson wrote a letter to the President of the United States on our behalf Demanding serialization be at the forefront of any all-new gun legislation, because he knows that trafficking of ammunition is the key if we can start tracing that back. Because as we just saw in Chicago, a shootout right in front of the police, five guys jump out of a the, uh, car, they start shooting into a house. Those guys return fire. Kim Fox refuses to press charges. They say it's a mutual combatant situation. I'm
0: Are you like, oh. talking about the uh, the the recent? Yeah, the recent, as in like. A day ago, yes, yeah. a couple yeah. days ago, yeah,
1: a couple days ago, and you know they have it on body cam, body cam, right? And okay, you you want to say mutual commandment? What about who got the guns and where did the ammunition come? Because that's illegal. Trafficking of ammunition and guns
0: are illegal. Here's a now because this has come up before in different interviews that we've had. Is that not a problem in the justice system and charging under the purview of the state's attorney as rather than? the gun issue which is the larger issue there it's well it's it's a whole you can't take
1: one without the other It's like the chicken or the egg you know because one will always be with the other the violence will be there but there's a self-proporing um you know my friend chio hardiman says black death is a hustle right he says everybody's making money off of this you know as but the people aren't getting justice for this Right? Mothers keep crying because their babies are dying each and every day. The politicians show up and do their crocodile tears show and I've been at many press conferences with these guys. They talk about, oh I want to know and do this and yet they ghost you. They ghost the moms. They ghost everyone. And we keep really liking these guys? Really? That's, you know, that's, that's on us. We have to start saying we deserve better as, as a person, as a community. I find it sickening that somehow we made a trade over the years for a safe passage to, to get to a school, to get to a store, mm-hmm. versus a fully safe community, right? When did we make that deal? Who made that deal for us? Were we too busy looking at, you know, uh, our phones? You yeah. know, I mean, a lot of this happened prior to Facebook and anything like that. Right? Why were we asleep on this?
0: Uh, okay, so, Uh, Ammo Coding Systems. It begins in Seattle. Yes. How did it transfer to Illinois or move to Illinois? Or is it in every city?
1: Uh, No, it's not in every city. In 2006 they came up with the the technology they patented, uh, Russ and and Steve did. Uh, So they then uh, started going around and trying to get legislation done. They had it going in about 13 different states uh, at that time. Uh, it's sort of petered out a little bit, you know, because the NRA is the NRA. Uh, you know, they, they they were, you know, flying their private planes and bringing in their expensive suits and spending a lot of money to try to keep this from going because they understand this this is a game changer. You know, this is bullet DNA. Uh, so it sort of dies down. I find out about this type of inf- uh, technology because I, as a uh, I've run campaigns for many years, okay. and I always look for how do I approach the gun violence issue without you know, trying to take down a second amendment. Right. And I said, well, okay, we, they talked about originally ballistic fingerprinting back in 2008 when I was running the uh, Berlin Democrats out there. And that was used in inspiration, and Baltimore sort of said, hey, I like that idea. You know, Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that idea. They then started their own pilot program, but I always pointed out you can't do it at a state level. You have to have it done at the manufacturers and have them take a photo of the bolt that would come out so they can match it up, right, right. In, in that database system, that NIBIN system that we just spoke about. But of course, they don't want to do that. That takes way too much time and it's really uh, labor intensive. Uh, so they found out how it doesn't work for them, right, to do it on, on a state. It's too overwhelming and it's too subjective because the rifling marks are subjective. You have to look at it, I have to look at it. We might see two different things. Mm-hmm. right? This came about, I, it popped up on my newsfeed. I called up the, these guys and I said, tell me about this. As the uh, founder of the not-for-profit, I wanted to know more. So I started pushing that type of uh, homegrown grassroots deal. Let's get this going, let's get this going. In 2015, they approached me the same, yeah, they're, they're older gentlemen, they're in their late 70s, they okay. came up with this, and they said, we can't do this anymore, we're old, would you please help us, would you come on board? And I said, sure, I'll come on board as your CEO and chairman, uh, I want zero dollars for this, because it's about doing the right thing, not about doing a paid thing. I told them that any money that we charge to the manufacturers, which is between two, uh, three to five cents per bullet that would be charged, after taking care of the facility, the, you know, the machinery and stuff that has to always be done, right. uh, then half of that money, the remainder, has to go back to the communities. And that's broken down by the amount of sales in the community. Obviously, California will have probably more ammunition sales than Rhode Island because of the size of the state. Right. So that's tens of millions of dollars that will go back directly into the communities for uh, micro housing assistance, even mental health. Deals. And it could even help with the police department refunding some of this stuff so they get mental health services in the police department when they go to domestic calls or dealing with somebody who's having a, a mental breakdown uh, and they try to de escalate better than having an escalation where it, it just uh, comes out to be bad for all parties. Right. right. Uh, so this, this ability came about then, and since then, I've had the House bill here, which is now 3088 serialization of ammunition uh in the rules committee for now the six year <laughs> and we're trying to get this done but we're really excited how reverend jackson stepped up just prior to his covid he sent out the letter to the president demanding this stuff we had to wait until he got better and out of the hospital and now he's back in now he's asking us to jesse he,
0: jackson you made yeah right reverend
1: now. jesse jackson i'm sorry and to keep now pushing forward with uh our mission because you know, violence still continues, the bodies are piling up, and yet they, they just turn away. I mean, until recently, when I was used to point out on Monday mornings how they treated the uh, shot and, and killed uh, like a sports score. The media would run from, you see it from 5 a.m. to about 9 a.m., mm-hmm. and you see 36 shot, 3 dead. Oh no, it's 50 shot, it's 5 dead. I saw one weekend it went from 36 to 84 people shot. From three people dead to a dozen killed, mm. right? As if it was a sports court. I mean, it's like it was, it's Chicago normal. And we turn around and we just say, ah, you
0: know. Right.
1: What's on the view today? Right. <laughs> you know, Pulse, unfortunately, had 50 people shot and killed in, in that club. We had that on weekends. The Pulse nightclub, yeah. You mean? Yeah, right, right. Right. We had that here in Chicago on a weekend, and I don't see any memorials for the, for the families.
0: Uh, so you mentioned the NRA. Yep. What what's what's been the effect, or or how have they uh, have they been counterproductive? Always. We were
1: at the uh, hearing down in the state house mm-hmm. uh, for for the bill just to get it, to try to get it um, out of rules and, and maybe get it to a floor vote, right eventually. Right. Uh, and the nra came down there and they were talking well it's about freedom it's about freedom i point out well we all want freedom to live right uh, and then i said and i pointed out the <laughs> in the hearing that the nra reminds me of big tobacco in the nfl you know i didn't know if a bullet flew in the air just going you could kill someone <laughs> you know it's the guns don't kill people people do. oh that's right but somebody had to load it somebody didn't you know, buy it, and somebody shot that thing. So
0: right, but what's their specific what's their specific bullet point issue problem that they have besides? Right, I know that that they just lobby like, likes to use that word as a as, as mayonnaise for everything. But that's it. They say freedoms. Okay, freedom.
1: Right, my freedom. Uh, like it doesn't stop you from buying a bullet. Right, are you going to buy the bullet or not? Do you have intention to go out and to sell that to somebody that shouldn't be having a bullet? Mm-hmm. I want to know about that. Right. If, it's, if it that lands in some five-year-old's head, I want to know who did that. You know who's responsible. That bullet has a trail. They, they just claim it's about personal freedoms and it's a back. Uh, it's a backdoor to background checks. I'm like, look. If you go through a background check, which I'm for, and even even higher background checks, unless you've done something like criminally right. or mentally been put away, that's in a court record. You're going to fly right through a background check.
0: And criminally, it would have had to been a felony.
1: Yes. Right. Right. And so the, the point being that, you know, unless that happen. and we, we, people had nefarious intentions, right, it, this will keep going on.
0: Yeah, I've been a, a, yeah, I, you know, the whole good guy with an argument thing is, it's as smart until that guy turns into a bad guy. Right. when that, The moment that good guy turns to a bad guy, then there goes that as right. well.
1: Well, even our,
0: the, uh, our mass shooting that we had in Aurora here, mm-hmm. right?
1: At Henry Pratt. The, the mayor and the uh, police department and state all got letters stating, please, this guy has a gun. You, know, you, gotta, you, know, you can't have it anymore. These void card was the They're supposed to go get this stuff. Where they, they got letters? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, so, and then they didn't do it. I mean, Aurora and the police department, they're all being hit with lawsuits mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, regarding this, of uh, their inability to do what their job was supposed to do because they're all pointing at, at one another at this point. So, you know, I, I sort of say great that the police chief, you know, is less retired, but she was getting out of Dodge before she was in yeah, put through a
0: deposition. <laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So what cities, so since, mm-hmm. the, uh, so since the inception, and I think it was 2006 of ammo coding yes. systems. Okay, so since 2006 until present date, yeah. what's been the real problem areas in regards to mass violence and shootings and things like that? I mean, where has where the bulk of the work, unfortunately, been taking place?
1: I'm not understanding
0: that so, so, from 2006 until now, mm-hmm. um, you know, gun violence has been huge in some cities and less in oh, yeah. others. Has Chicago been the focus from 2006 until then, or have there been other cities no, that have... No,
1: there's been other cities, but we've been, I've been mostly focused of Chicago. Okay, city. sure, sure. Because, you know, You're local right uh, I mean, but Chicago is, unfortunately, number one with a bullet. <laughs> Right. Uh, they love to put out this list I just I, I laugh at every time I see it. They'll try to say St. Louis is more dangerous than Chicago. They're number one with shootings and deaths, right? But you know what they do? They do that on per capita. So St. Louis, the city, has 325,000 residents, right? Mm-hmm. Chicago has 6 million. So, right. yeah, if you did per capita, that's 100 murders per 100,000, they're saying. But ask a mother here. What is greater, three hundred deaths or eight hundred deaths? Right. There's a greater number there. Each number is significant, and each mother would say, "No, mine is just as, if not, you know, worse mm-hmm. than yours."
0: So now the legislation is caught up, yeah. as they say. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> and and what's the what's the prospects of it being passed?
1: Well. I don't think it's going to get done in this session going into even to November. Okay. But I think now with, again, Reverend Jesse Jackson's influence, uh, it will help now on more of a national level, right? And there's a article coming out tomorrow, being Friday, from a French magazine, which is like a, a Time-type magazine mm-hmm. there. It's called Le VIF, L-E-V-I-F. And it's a full-throated thing about the letter that Reverend Jackson sent to the president. There, I think the article is sort of saying that America has an addiction, right, to gun violence, and we need to step up as like the older brothers or sisters because you know we're only less than three hundred years old, right, <laughs> right. And you know they they don't like guns over there. You know, yeah, the French no, no, and, and Canada doesn't like it so. I think that's going to have some motivation saying, hey, you can't in- import your death here without some sort of accountability and
0: responsibility. There would seem to be, yeah. taking a look as, as, as with the novice eyes that I have, there would seem to be no, no threat, in air quotes, to the Second Amendment from this legislation. It, it, it doesn't seem like there's nothing Second Amendment about it, about it. There isn't. There is nothing
1: that's threatening to the Second Amendment. This, no, it's not. this only adds to accountability and responsibility. Look, we can trace lettuce that was used as, like, toilet paper by some farmer in, South, in Southern uh, California, right? We can trace back lead toys to China that come in by, you know, that are harming our children, but we don't want to trace the lead that are flying around our streets today that are killing our children? Come on now. right? This, this technology exists. This technology has been proven. It does not interfere with anybody's ability to buy something, but if you are causing or being nefarious with this, where you're ca- all you care about is the Benjamins instead of people's lives, then yes, I want to make sure that we catch you.
0: right? Because you're part of the problem. You know? You're not. You're not the solution. Uh, now, you're also the founder of Lives, or excuse me, Lines for Lives. Right. Lines for Lives was created before Ammo Coding Systems.
1: Uh, actually, it was uh, created somewhere after Ammo Coding Systems. Okay. But mine w- had no relation to them. Okay. Mine was about to push uh, a legislation for gun violence. That's lines drawing a line in the sand for lives. Gotcha. Uh, and that's what that's where it's just happened in workouts. <laughs> right. <laughs> that uh, we now coincide in, in really good but that's going to be working really heavily with Operation Push the uh, non for profit lines for lives with once this is going because the monies are want to be somewhat supervised by a, you know an organization that really knows the community mm-hmm. not I mean, I'm sure the United Way would like to do things,
0: but the money said so we want, want to go directly back into the community. So. Operation PUSH being the PUSH coalition? Yes. Okay. Rainbow PUSH. Okay. Uh, what's a typical day like in the life of Dr. Harrington? <laughs> well, it starts about 3
1: a.m. Uh, in the morning, and I get calls that come in from New Zealand and, and uh, Paris and things. Uh, I get briefs uh, from a three-star general, General Ronald Lewis, uh, Several uh, days a week uh, on different security situations, uh, you know. Then it's just dealing with the day-to-day things of whatever it does. But I'm lucky; I get to be at my house, right? Uh, I don't have to go in, down to an office someplace. Uh, so it's it's just a, you know nothing exciting, you know. Uh, it's just one of those things, except when people need me, right? Uh, right. I then can do. I try to offer whatever assistance I
0: can. Has your uh, work taken you outside the country, or where have you been? Uh, Any any notable trips during the in the time of doing this? Well, somewhat. Yeah, in two thousand nine, I was uh, in Ireland uh, with forty one other
1: lawmakers from Illinois. We went on an eight day junket. Okay, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, they say they have more the,
0: castles in Ireland than in England, I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. So
1: we were all over there. We, we, nice. We were, you know, having different uh, ideas of what was going on for legislations uh, uh, for both countries. At that time, we were in the midst of the financial crisis, and President Obama was just elected, and our group, obviously, being from the Illinois House, it was Speaker Madigan at the time, John Cullerton. Dan Burke, Mike McCall, I mean there was a a host, a host of people there. Uh, So they want to know how the financial, you know, reckoning, the collapse that we almost went through back then, was having an effect in Ireland, because we were getting a lot of money originally coming in from Ireland for investments, right, Uh, for for, uh, condos and stuff like that. And actually that dries up and they're taking almost $500 million a day in to borrow to keep their economy alive.
0: 503
1: million dollars? dollars a
0: day they were taking in. They, they had to borrow each day
1: during that time just to stay alive. Holy cow. Yeah, so it was totally more than a like 180 return of what they were going out versus what they had to now borrow and, and plead and stuff. And, you know, and the euro was really whacked at that right, time. Right, yeah. You know, so uh, that was fun. Yeah, I've been to China, uh, Hong Kong. What's that like? Uh, Hong Kong is is loud. <laughs> loud. Okay. Loud, All right. Man. It's loud. Uh, Taiwan is even sort of fun. They have stuff called t- stinky tofu. Man, this stuff smells like a dead skunk. <laughs> you know, and and they love it. They lo- I mean, the, the the worse it smells, the the longer the lines for this. Stuff. <laughs> uh, you know. So I've been. Yeah, I've been around the world at times. Uh, not as many places as I would like.
0: i got bucket list places, but right. we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, what does America mean to you? Well, America is
1: about hope and it's about actually dreams, you know? Look, it's the only place that I know that you wake up each and every day and think that you can change the world. It's the only place that I know that you can try to come up with an idea and make it, into a billion-dollar company, right, that employs thousands of people and can change people's lives. But it's also a country that, with our freedom, we sometimes forget the responsibility that belongs with that, as we saw from January 6 uprising, right? Right. I mean, the, the misinformation that comes out nowadays and how we are now sucked into little clicks, it's worse than it was in high school in some ways right jocks over here pretty girls over there nerds over here you know right. goth over there it's just online and it's 20 times worse and they you know our news programs used to be balanced i mean all across the board but at times when i was growing up we only had four channels <laughs> right and most of them were black and white right? okay. we had channel 9 channel 5 channel 7 uh, channel 2 yeah right 32 and at that time we didn't have 24-hour channels, right? Because this is the 60s and 70s. You, the TV goes on at 5 a.m., and it would turn off, really, at basically 11 a.m. one yeah, <laughs> of, a of our up.
0: our listeners told us something like that. She said yeah. that uh, there used to be, like, one of the last things you'd hear on TV was, do you know where your children are right. or something like that, and then it would end. Yeah. It would be like this, this thing going wow. on. Wow. Right? So this is how old I am. Right.
1: Well, we can remember that, uh, but you know now it's twenty four seven. And look, these companies like Facebook are there to make money; they're not there to help. They say, oh, well, we're opening channels of communication and connecting the world." They are you know from their own documents how this destroys young girls' images
0: and pushes them to suicidal tendencies. We that have whistleblower problems. should have got a medal of honor. Yeah. The recent one that yeah. we talked about? Yeah, yeah. And at your, to your point, that was like a direct quote from her. She said, like, yeah, no, that was the memo. We're bringing people together, but it's just they are ruining lives. And they yeah. had the data that showed that. And they know, yeah. And they know it. It's all about the money. It's all
1: about the Benjamins. Right. So it's up to us to act better. All
0: right. Which of the two, to you, mm-hmm. You can buy ammunition at a store, you can buy ammunition online. Yes. Which of the two would you eliminate?
1: Neither. I just put the tracking numbers in it. People are going to want to buy ammunition. It's it's a very small amount of people that actually own guns and buy ammunition. It's less than 28% of the population of the United States. So a very small group is threatening the larger group because they don't want accountability or responsibility, just like they don't want vaccines. Right. The vaccine we have for gun violence is serialization of ammunition, bullet DNA. Numbers don't lie. You can track them right back. Right. So just put it on there. And if, if you're doing something wrong, we're going to find out about it. Right. Well, what are we scared about? What are you scared about is the question. I mean, you're, you're yelling about, don't, give, don't put numbers on my bullets. Why? Why are you asking? Why are you so threatened by that? You yeah. can't right. because of freedom.
0: Unless you're doing something wrong, no one's going to be coming looking at you. Right. Um, have you been uh, working with any police departments? Uh, which ones, and what's their opinion of this? Yeah, we worked with, well, the uh, Secret
1: Service, uh, California Department of Justice, San Bernardino Sheriff's Department, Crime Stoppers, Jim Food is executive director mm-hmm. at that time. Before that, I think he was executive director of uh Law enforcement technologies, or something—I I, I get it wrong, and I apologize, Jim, for that. Mm-hmm. You know, but he was really significant. He was a guy who was a thirty-year SWAT commander, and he helped us uh, get this tested and, and give us the feedback of what should really be done. So, yeah, we've had uh, some really good input from law enforcement. But here's the other thing that that. Uh, the Chicago police sergeant over the training division mm-hmm. uh, was talking to us about the serialization and he's like really fascinated by it, but he also pointed out, he goes, look, we, like many cities, allow, give our officers ammunition, allegedly for target practice, right? Yeah. But they don't target practice there all the time, they're out at their own target practice or so. And he pointed out, if we're giving something that costs a lot of money away for nothing with no accountability, we don't say come back with those 500 shells that we just gave you before you give you another 500, how do we know that they're actually using
0: for what they said? Wait a minute.
1: Right. So you can take 500 bullets, Uh let's say, as a police officer, for training purposes, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go and and just go back a week later and say I need another 500. Right. But you're not bringing back the 500 (laughs) shells. Right. Right. there's no accountability of that saying yeah I, I practiced
0: here right Well yeah, police department like I only have experience in the military So Rome, you're when you're when you're firing and doing your training and everything, you're not there is no possibility for that ammunition or that spent ammunition rather to leave facility X So you know not to speak for the, the Chicago Police Department, but I think that that would be. Kind of a moot point, right? There, they there. That ammunition is not leaving; would not have left; could not possibly have left. Left work. Their training facility. So there's no there's no danger of it leaving and needing. They they get them they get the bullets
1: when they ask. And all he was trying to point out is that if you get something that costs a lot of money, not everybody was raised by the same mom, and if they can get something for it—money, drugs, whatever—right? There's no accountability, or responsibility to say what happened to those other 500
0: bullets. That's what they're just trying to point out. That officers could potentially yeah. off, siphon off or get rid of the right. ammunition.
1: And also in the African-American community, for the last two decades that I've been involved with, with Teal Hardiman and, and Eric Russell and those guys, they've always said that, look, it's not just black on black crime here mm-hmm. or shootings. There's other people, and they always alluded that it might be you know officers going around, some of them getting revenge for other stuff. Uh, And no one took it seriously until recently when they found that young African-American man that was out at 2 a.m. because he's autistic, he was having an episode. Mm -hmm. And this cop, off-duty sergeant, Chicago sergeant, got out of his car and started firing at him. Now, if this wasn't caught on a video Mm -hmm. surveillance, they would just... He called off over the radio saying somebody tried to fire at him. Obviously, had a backtrack once they found that. But, you know, if it's not that, it's gang. Oh, you know members uh, and just take off so you know again what was always an urban legend at least was proven once and
0: that's not always a one-off alright hmm. that's interesting okay um, so what's next for ammo coding systems and what's next for lines for lives well we're going to continue the fight to, to bring about
1: legislation uh, to bring it to leaders attentions I think now again with Reverend Jackson's help uh, this now elevates it to a new level. right It takes it to an international level because he was recognized by the French government. Uh, and I think that article that's coming out that reaches five million people is going to be uh,
0: extremely effective. Okay And that's the article. In Lefief, Fief, as okay. Is that online? Is it's, that a th- yeah, just an online uh, thing
1: also. they have a circulation of about a hundred thousand and but their online hits weekly is five million. Okay, all right. Have you ever done any target practice or any shooting of any kind? Oh yeah, when I was a kid. I even got a merit badge from uh, Boy Scouts because they had uh, a
0: marksman's Mm -hmm. uh, thing. But not since doing this work?
1: No, I haven't really, no. My brother, uh, my late brother was the gun guy. Okay. And
0: so, uh, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So, I think that when I look at the news, uh, or when everybody looks at the news now, uh, you know, we see the shootings increase. Brazen. Yeah. Uh daylight shootings. There was one like River North, yeah. right outside of a Starbucks or something like that. Um is or rather, has the time passed for ammo coding systems and lines for lives? Well, I would say <laughs> I wouldn't say the
1: time's passed. It's just past due that it should be done. Okay. Right? right? Right. Because if we would have done this three years ago, with the pandemic that is right now, there's a shortage of ammunition, allegedly. Now, what they're talking about shortage is more like the rifles mm-hmm. you know, for hunting and stuff, not handgun not, 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 uh, hand ammunition, right. Right? Right. small arms ammunition. Uh, that's, that's flying off the, the floors as soon as they got it. They have 21 million new gun applications that they're backlogged on in the United States. So the shortage is what they're projecting for 21 million new gun owners, right? Uh, it's past due, we should, we should have had it done, we'd be in a better position right now because everything that's going off would have that number on it right now,
0: right? right.
1: So what's stopping us? It's the will to do it. It's not the money because it costs zero for any government agency. This is done to a cost to the manufacturers, that is going to be passed on to the customer, but isn't a nickel worth a kid's life? Isn't a nickel worth a safer community? It would uh, raise the price of ammunition. Yeah, yeah, a nickel. A nickel bullet, right? So 20 would be an extra buck. But at, at this time, bullets are, the, the cheapest that I've seen, are $68 for a box of 50 So if I'm going to charge you another buck, basically, what's the matter? Right, right? Because that money's going back to the community, right That money is going directly back to the community and c- promoting safety and then building trust back to the police departments. Because if they're not solving crimes, if they're sitting back just as we just saw in Chicago watching the gunfire going on and just throwing their hands up, then get rid of law enforcement.
0: <laughs> right. it's, not,
1: it's not worth it. I mean we're just the wild West again, right? You know? Chicago normal. It's just how many dead? How many shot? Let's move on. What's on the view?
0: Quite unfortunate. Quite unfortunate. It is, uh, yeah, it's, it is, it's sad. Yes. It is sad. Um, all right, so since this is an Aurora show, Yes. Um, what, what, do you, what do you like to eat in Aurora? What's, what do you like about our city? What's, what have you noticed in your time here from the Aurora of then to the Aurora of now? Well, I notice how we're trying to change and come along, but then we always have stumbling
1: problems, right? Timing with us, (coughs) excuse me, is always bad. Before it was financial collapse, and now it's a pandemic. Our restaurants, uh, I I love um, Two Brothers. I go there quite often. Uh, There's a couple little hole in the walls uh, in the Northgate area that I I go for some tacos. I love them. Generally, that's about it. I I cook at home more or less because we have been out Mm -hmm. uh, to any restaurants. Oh,
0: Harrington's inside Geneva. (laughs) Harrington's. Right.
1: They're great. You know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So, the show ends on a positive note. Yes. I hope so. What is your message today to the uh, people of Aurora? I want to know, I want them to know
1: that I'm not a person who just here one day and go on the next. I try to be a service to our community. And if you need help, that you feel that you're not being heard, reach out to me. I'll see what I can do to help you. I've helped with areas where uh, serial killers, uh, I help now with gun violence. I, I wanna be of help to you because Aurora has the best days yet to come, but it takes us all to
0: work for that. On behalf of good morning, Aurora. We appreciate your time, Mr. Harrington, Dr. Harrington, uh, very much. How can folks learn more about uh, websites for ammo coding or for lines for lives? It's on Facebook.
1: So go to ammo Coding system on Facebook or Lions, That's with the number four lives. Uh, or look me up, dr Matt harrington. i'm I'm on there
0: and reach out to me, be a friend. Right. All of you guys, we hope that you uh, enjoyed this interview and got something out of it and have been enlightened a little bit more. Tune in tomorrow morning for another great show. And we wish Dr. Harrington the very best, as with all of you. Take care of yourself and each other. Thank you.